I'm Mike Vardy. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. (music) 
Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, I have the founder of Frame of Mind Coaching, Kim Addis. She's also a fellow Canadian, so I get to talk to another Canuck this week. I'm very excited about that. We talk about a lot of things, including just her coaching practice, what her her philosophy is behind coaching. We talk about focus. There's just a ton of stuff that we dive into. And if you're a Patreon supporter, then you should be listening to the Patreon edition of this episode. But if you're not, uh, stay tuned at the end of this episode. I'll talk to you how you can get additional content by supporting the podcast via Patreon. We, we, we dive into some of the stuff that helps Kim foster and, and, and grow a coaching practice, the one that she wants. And as a coach myself, it was really enlightening to speak to her. And I can't wait to share all this information with you. So let's just do that now. Here is my conversation with Kim Addis on the Productivities Podcast. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome Kim Addis to the Productivityist Podcast. Kim, thanks for joining me today. I'm so happy to be here, especially talking to a fellow Canadian. That should be fun. I don't know. I mean, out of the over the hundred plus episodes we've done, I, I have to. I think maybe five percent at best would be with Canadians. Um, you know, Chris Bailey's been on the show. He's a friend of mine from Ottawa. He wrote the Productivity Project. Uh, you know, there's a few. But we, you know, it's great when I when I you know go through and, and I find somebody that's Canadian, and then I can talk about where I'm from because you're you're in Toronto, which is near where I'm originally from, um, and of course for for a lot of people, Toronto is Canada, right? I think that's the that's way it correct. works. Well, I'm glad <laughs> to represent the whole entire country. The four, the four well, and you're definitely <laughs> representing the four one six, right? So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kim, um, my audience, just to give uh, them some frame of of where you are, what you what you do, and where you're from, and and how you uh, where, what brings you to the show, and all that. Let's let's get a little bit of insight as to who you are uh, and what you do, and then we'll, we'll kind of guide the conversation from there. I mean, especially seeing as you coaching, I know that, and I do coaching as well. So I'd love to hear a bit more about frame of mind coaching, as which is where you know a lot of your stuff kind of lives. And it's, it's your it's your it's your you're the founder, right? I am the founder. So what is Frame of Mind Coaching? It's a coaching company. I have a team of coaches and we coach a very, very specific type of person in a very specific type of manner. So the type of person we coach is someone who is extremely driven and someone who typically has four things in common. Number one is that they have big goals that they want to achieve and they are always striving for those goals, sometimes succeeding and not always, but always have those goals in mind. Number two is that they're essentially really good people and they want to make a positive difference in the world. So they engage in things like philanthropy, building homes for people who need it, things like that. So they engage in positive, uh, you know, world projects. Number three is that they are big livers. And what that means is that they like luxury. They like travel. They want to have the best of the best. They want to have the best relationships. They want want to be healthy. They want to experience extraordinary experiences and they just have that zest for life. They're very spirited. And number four is they constantly fall into a series of repetitive traps where they get in their own way and impede their own ability to be successful. So they have some success up to a point and then they get trapped. And so that's the type of person I coach. Um, and, and then the way we coach people is very different and very unique. What we do is we look at how they think and how their thinking impacts their outcomes. And so the process we use is we usually coach people for a six-month period, but the first 10 weeks are the most 
profound and important. In those 10 weeks, what happens is that there's a call every week. Every call is recorded and we ask our clients to listen to the recordings. And that's super important so that they can start to become observers of their language, their thoughts, the story they tell. And they can start to really understand and become a master of their thinking. In between every call, we ask our clients to journal in an online journal. And so at the beginning of the week, we give them a journaling question and that gets the ball rolling and they start journaling. And every time they journal, the journal goes to their coach, whether it's me or any one of my other coaches, and we read and respond to the journal. So they're in a dialogue with their coach every single day for the whole 10-week period. So the process is very, very intense. And really what we're doing is we're teaching people the relationship between the way they think and see the world, the way they Uh, perceive what's happening around them and the outcomes they're getting and giving them really the keys to change their thinking in order to get dramatically different outcomes. How do you pull the draw? Like, like when you're looking at your, uh, at a potential client, and this is something that I think uh, a lot of people, they, they, they hear this and they say, you know, I don't know if this is me. Like, I, I think it might be me, but I'm not really sure because, you know, yes, I'm driven, but Are my goals big enough? Like, how do you assess that when you are looking to work with someone or someone's looking to work with you? I mean, I'm sure you have some kind of intake or online assessment that you do, but there's got to be some, uh, and I mean, I, I can, we talked a little bit before we started recording about my comedy background and reading an audience and stuff like that. You've got to have some kind of um, subtle Uh, or even a nuanced approach that you know just internally, and your coaches probably have some sense of this too, where they can say, okay, this is what this person has, and they may not may not see it quite yet, but I know I can draw them, this out of them with, with, with their help, of course. Well, when we look at the aspect of drive, we notice historically that they've achieved some goals and that their goals are good goals. And they're, you know, like we look at entrepreneurs, how many entrepreneurs in the world have attempted to run a business and have failed. And so we look for, failures are fine, there's no problem with failures, but we look for some areas of success, mm -hmm. whatever those areas are, and the passion around it. Right. That's what we're looking for. Right. Um, and the deep desire to achieve something bigger, something new, something different. Even if there's a struggle, we look for the desire to achieve something. And it's funny because for me, when I coach people, it's not that I want to help them achieve that very thing that they outlined, but it's the personality I'm interested in rather than the actual goal. Right. So you may find something that's inside of them that may be completely that, that goal that they're reaching for me. I'm not going to say derivative, but it, it, it's basically some kind of uh, it, it may not be as lofty as they could be. You know, it, it couldn't their potential could reach much, much more. Right. Yes. But what I'm really trying to say is I'm not attached to the goal and the no. goal has no relevance to me. So right. I'll give you an example. I'm coaching someone right now and he came. Uh, I, I did a presentation actually in Winnipeg, your neck of the woods, well, closer to you than to me. And, uh, and we, he signed up for coaching and he said, you know, one of the things I really want to do is lose a whole bunch of weight. Okay, that's fine. And I know that there's a relationship between the way you think and the way you do the things you need to do in order to lose weight. And so like, fine, I wrote that down. But as we start to coach, what we discover is that this guy is like a highly emotional, passionate guy and he gets triggered easily and he gets angry easily and he has a temper and he uh, doesn't 
hold himself back from expressing his emotions when he gets angry and on and on and on. And so while his goal may be to lose weight, my goal for him is to help him really increase his level of self-control. Right. And, you know, I may want to see how that impacts his relationship with his wife or his kids or his employees. And oh, by the way, while we're doing that, he'll end up losing weight. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I see what you're getting at. That that's right? yeah, yeah. It's it's about connecting with a person, right? And right, that, exactly. But it's also understanding their wiring and understanding how their thinking is impacting each aspect of their lives. When you see all of the coaches that pop up across the internet, you you mean it's become a bit of a like life coach. It's funny. I've been watching uh, those who listen uh, to the show regularly know that I'm a bit of a wrestling fan, a WWE fan. In fact. I saw one of the WrestleManias at what was called Skydome back then in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Um, you're like, I, you know, not, not a big deal for you, but for me, it was you know, huge. You know uh, what? I, I, I may have been at that game. Uh, that, 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 that event? <laughs> that event. I was there. I took pictures. <laughs> um, so when you hear – so right now, one of their, their gimmicks is some guy has a life coach, and uh, they're, they're definitely – you know, making a mockery of it to a certain extent. When you see all of the coaches pop up online that what, like, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything like that, but what does it take in your mind to, to really be a coach that can help people with this kind of like with, with just with not necessarily productivity, but with just getting more out of, you know, out of themselves, because okay. I think there's too many, personally, I think there's too many people out there that are trying to do this and it, it it's diluting the marketplace. So I have to say, Mike, and I, and I will admit to you that I was very excited to have this conversation with you because of the word productivity. Okay. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say. And in, in saying this, I'll answer your question. Sure. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. So when we think about coaching and coaches, what we think about is someone who helps us get our stuff done in order to reach our goals. Correct? Absolutely. Okay. So what I want to do is I want to challenge all of that. So here's how I'm going to challenge all of that. I'm going to say to you that productivity is a function of thinking and then it's a function of doing. Absolutely. In that order. And Absolutely. what we tend to do in the coaching world is we tend to help people take action without necessarily addressing the thinking that precedes the action. And so we have this, uh, let's call it a, an addiction in our society to be busy, to get stuff done. So we feel good about ourselves. We feel valuable when we are productive. Mm -hmm. We feel important, significant, masterful when we are productive. And so we often move people into action. In fact, lots of coaches talk about taking massive action. And what I want to do with my clients is I want to say, stop for a minute and let's look at how you're thinking. In what direction is it oriented? Because if your thinking is oriented in a direction that actually brings you away from your goals, you're going to take all this massive action and fail. You're going to get frustrated, exhausted, depleted, etc. Because your thinking isn't actually aligned with your goal. And so my job is actually to stop people from taking action up front and to help them see how their thinking is wired and how their thinking often impedes their ability to produce anything that they actually want. Right. And so when you ask me the question, you know, like, look at all these coaches out there, I think the, the, the biggest problem is that coaches are, by and large, wired to help people take action. Yes. And I think that that's a huge problem. I'm glad you said that, because one of the things that I, when you talk about productivity, 
I, I think the thing that's been missing from productivity for a while is the term personal productivity. Productivity in and of itself, and actually it's funny, in Canada, uh, when, I, when I've when i done research across Canada, most of them think productivity is about, you know, just producing. It Actually, time management is more of a thing that people relate to in Canada. The U.S. is a definitely more of a, through my research, uh, more when they hear productivity, they think about, you know, like getting things done kind of stuff. But in Canada, it's more about producing. So it, it's very strange. And actually, when I wrote uh, my Productivityist workbook, somebody in Poland said that the term productivity actually has some association with, you know, uh, stuff from history that they don't want to remember either, right? Because mm. that's it. So it's interesting that that and and one of the things you've written about, uh, you know, and this is a, a funny thing is, is that this is, seems to be a mission for you for a long time, because I'm looking at a, a, a post dated from 2012, where wow. you talk about intention versus expression. Yeah. And and for me, when I talk, it's, it's really good because it, the word intention to me is so huge because I believe that productivity is intention plus attention. You know, I think that you, if you have all the attention in the world, but you don't have the right intentions, like you said, you're going, 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 doing, 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 you're, you're, you're directionless. If you have all the intention in the world, but no attention, then you're not giving that intention any power behind it. So, you know, you're just, you know, it, it's a dream. It's a, it's not really, you're not taking action. And I think marrying those two, I think is really important. So I'm glad so, you brought that up. So let me ask you a question. Sure. I know that, you know, I'm supposed to be the guest, but let's flip. No, that's a conversation. I love the it's conversation a, okay, component. So what do you mean when you say attention? When I say attention, I mean that you, the, the, the idea of paying attention. So personally, like the human component of looking at something and saying, okay, let me look and see how, what attention am I going to pay to this thing? So how much attention is this going to have of mine? That's, that's my, that's, and when I put those two things together, intention is here's the things that I really ultimately want to do and need to do. Needs and wants. I, I get, I get tired of the people that get stuck with the, I ought to do this. I ought to, that, that's indecisiveness. And then the idea behind attention is, okay, how much attention are you going to give this? Should you be giving attention to this? Like, that's how I, I look at that. How do you do look at it? So here, what, here's what I want to say. And I, and it's very interesting. So I'm going to change the word attention sure. and highlight the word focus. And okay. so what I want to do is say this is I, I feel in my experience as a coach, I've been doing this for 11 years that people have an People have great intentions, uh -huh. and in their great attentions, intentions, sorry, they tend to pay attention to the wrong things. Right. And that attention causes them to get further and further away of what they truly want or their goals. Mm hmm well, yeah, I mean, time and attention, those are things that they are easily stolen from people if they choose to let them be stolen, right? You know right. what I mean? But but they don't realize, like, there's no. an unconscious element with respect to attention. And so I'll give you a perfect example, and then we can extrapolate from this, okay? I remember um, I had a client not too long ago, and uh, he, he owns an accounting firm, quite successful. And uh, he came to me, and I asked him a question. And I don't always ask the same questions to, to all the clients, but this is the question that came out of me is, you know, what's the single most important thing in your life? Like, you know, if you had to define a priority, what would that be? And he said, hands down, the single most important thing is my relationship with my wife. It's super important to me that we're intimate, that we're connected, that we're on the same page, that we're making decisions together, that we spend time together. That is more important to me than any other relationship. It's more important than my business, than my extended family, even more important than my kids. 
Now, remember, I, I mentioned that I get my clients to journal on a daily basis. Well, three weeks in, he, he wrote a journal, and here's how the journal went. I got into a massive fight with my, with my wife. I said, what happened? And he said, well, we got into this disagreement about one of our kids and, you know, on and on and on. And the details aren't that important, but the, the, the issue is this. He got so mad, so incredibly upset about this issue that he slept in the other room. Mm-hmm. Now, what was he paying attention to? He was paying attention to the divide. Right. He was paying attention to the fact that they weren't on the same page. They were, he was paying attention to the fact that they weren't in agreement. He was paying attention to the fact that she wasn't supporting him in his view of how things should unfold here. And so that attention got him exactly what he didn't want. And so attention is a tricky word, right? Totally. And so, and so the truth of the matter is, what did he want? He wanted to be intimate with his wife. Does, does sleeping in the other room achieve that goal? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And so what I find is that people don't realize what they're doing. They forget. They mm-hmm. lose track. They get lost. And they're often, most often, when they're struggling to reach their goals, they don't realize that they're actually pointed in the other direction. Yes, totally. Okay, so in his case, he's pointed in the other direction. Yep. Right? He's literally heading opposite to where he wants to go. And so... My, for me as a coach, my job is to help people understand how their thoughts work and to show them which direction they're pointed in and show them how to point towards what they want and bring them there and then give them the tools to stay there or to redirect when they get off track because we're human and we get off track sometimes. That's my job. It's not actually to help him reach his specific individual goal, but it's to help him make choices to bring him back in order for him to naturally reach his goal. No, that's right. So, so I don't have to say tonight you have to go home and apologize to your wife and sleep with her. I don't have to do any of that. I don't have to manage his actions or his activities. I don't have to do that. I have to show him how his thinking is bringing him away from what he wants and help him shift his thinking back in the direction of what he actually wants for himself. And I want to touch on the journaling thing, because that's a big part of what I, I, I like to focus on as well, speaking of focus as well. Um, and by the way, I use intention plus attention. I love alliteration, too, so that also helps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but journaling, that to me is such a critical thing, and the idea of reflection and review uh, that people don't do enough of, especially like you just said, you know, I mean, the fact that he, you know, this client, you know, he, he was veering off in a completely different direction than where he wanted to go, that journaling, that should bring, that, that should serve. It may not always, but it should serve to make, you know, bring him back or at least have him catch himself uh, doing that kind of thing. So how, how long have you believed in the power of of, of the journal? Because I know you've got journal engine as well, which is part of what you use for your coaching practice, right? So how long have I believed in journaling? Probably since I was a kid and I had, you know, mad crush on a boy and he didn't know. Um, So so probably (laughs) way back then. But But you probably fell off the wagon with it for a while too, right? you know, on and off, on and off. But I always turned to journaling when something was really upsetting or frustrating me. I needed to get it down to like release it from my system. Mm-hmm. And so when I first, first started coaching, and again, that's like 11 years ago, maybe a little more, uh, 
right from the get-go, I wanted to really be an impactful coach. I wanted to be the kind of coach that made a lasting difference. I didn't want to just spend, you know, a few weeks with someone and then that's it. They forgot everything, right? I didn't want that. And so I thought, how can I really truly make a difference in the life of a client? And I thought the only way to do that is to get into their hearts and minds. But how do I do that? Like one call a week just isn't enough. And, and so I thought, what if I could read their journals? What if I could see what they were thinking? What if I could see how they felt about themselves, their relationships, the world around them, their a sense of success in their jobs? Like, what if I could just see how they think? Well, if I could do that, then every single call would be super powerful, but I would absolutely be able to leave a positive mark and help people see the world in such a way where they could easily reach their goals. And so you've just kept that practice up. I mean, from the, from yeah. the get go. So yeah. initially I actually work used like, have you ever heard of blogger? Yeah, it's, I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I use blogger and it was tough for me. I'm not very technical actually. So I needed someone's help to get it all up and running. And then a disaster happened to me, which was a client was journaling on blogger and his wife, who is technical, happened to hack into his, um, his personal journal and read what he wrote about her and it wasn't glowing by any stretch of the imagination. And I thought, oh my God, my career's over, my reputation's over. And it was in that moment that I found a team to help me build a software and I ended up building Journal Engine. And initially I built it just so that my clients would have a you know, a very secure private place to journal. And now it's the software that we license out to others. Now, I want to talk about simplicity because that, that kind of dives into that a little bit. Um, how important is simplicity when you're dealing with your, just in your life? And even, I mean, you've got five kids too, yeah. right? So let's, I mean, I think to me, that's, that's an area where people tend to complicate matters, um, you know, in their lives, with their work, all, all that kind of stuff. How do you, how do you promote simplicity and how do you try to keep things as simple for yourself and for your clients as possible? Well, for me on a personal level, simplicity, th- you know, things don't have to be, Uh, Like I'm an efficiency expert, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, even something as simple as making meals, folding laundry, like whatever it is, I try to do it very quickly, but also very efficiently. I learn how to repurpose things. Like for example, if I have rice in my, in my fridge and it's hard and it's old, I just renovate it, (laughs) bring it back to life. Why? Because I only have so many hours in a day. And, uh, and I also find some kind of joy in that creativity. So I, I'm very, very efficient in the home related things that I need to get done over and above that. I also don't do everything myself. I delegate, I have help, right? I don't run my business by myself. I have help. Um, my husband works with me and we're like opposite almost in terms of our strengths and our skill sets. Oh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) Right. And so, so the, the thing is like, if you think you can do everything yourself, like that's really a bad formula for success. Mm -hmm. The idea is find other people who do what you need to get done better, faster, more efficiently than you. As for simplicity, I think that simplicity of action, again, 
follow simplicity of thought. And so when you get caught up in how things have to be perfect and every I has to be dotted and every T has to be crossed, like you, you get yourself into a state of frenzy and worry. And so for me, part of simplicity is that we're here and it's, you know, I'm, I'm after progress over perfection. I'm not mm-hmm. going to get it perfectly right all the time. And that's okay. And it's really being easy with yourself. And I think that's the, the, the single most important thing related to simplicity and process obviously leads to progress if you have the if you have a process that you can follow you're going to get more progress than now we talked earlier before we started recording and i said you know if if a discussion isn't going well uh, i'll generally bring up tools and you said i hate tools (laughs) i hate tools um do you find that 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 with when you're, I found this when dealing with clients and with just in general writing about what I write about. People want they, – they figure if I have this tool, then it's going to be, make things all better. You know, I'm going to – if I throw everything into – like, you know, I mean, if I journal using the best journaling software out there, then, you know, everything's going to be better because it will be organized oh, and all that true. stuff. That's true. It's that journal is, engine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, in general, do you – like, what – did you always – like, when you're trying to, you know – build your business and, and, you know, uh, make sure that you were getting, you know, the, you know, making progress across the board. Uh, what did you, did you explore tools? Did you take a look at them and say, Hey, what can I use? And then is that where you kind of said, you know what, forget this noise? Or was it something that you've always kind of been, you know, let me just find the one way to do it. And I'm going to keep using this way and just get, you know, master that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, like, let, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest, right? Of course we have tools and we use hmm. tools, but I think the focus on tools is, um, there, there's too much of a focus on tools because, you can make any tool work, right? Like yeah. I can use a hammer and hammer in a nail. I could also use something really big like a brick and hammer in a nail too. And so like it's not about the tool. It's about what are you trying to achieve here? And can you think in a way that allows you to achieve the goal? And so for me, I'm far more interested in how a person's brain is wired and less interested in what are you going to use to achieve that goal? Because there are a million and one ways to achieve a goal. It's not that important. The issue is, is how much energy are you using? And are you exhausted or are you fueled? And that's really the question. Tools is a very, it's not even a secondary conversation. It's way, way down on my list. Well, it should be. I mean, obviously you were using, I mean, look at the fact you're using Blogger, right? Which was a tool, but it, and it did the job. And then when the tool didn't work anymore, then you said, yeah. okay, now I need, it moved, it moved up. But right. the, pro, the process was way more important than the platform. Exactly. And so for me, it's really about your attitude, your thinking. And so if I were to give you know, whoever's listening, a very important tool, and it's not a technical tool, it's a mental tool. It's experiment, run pilots, try things. Don't be afraid to fail. Go out there and try things. Call them pilots, because you know, when you call something a pilot, people give you breathing room. They allow you to make mistakes, but run a bunch of pilots. See what works. Yeah, it's, it's funny that we try, a lot of people just try to do too much and execute thinking that that's going to be the thing that they're going to stick with where, I mean, trigger words are so important. I, I mean, when I theme my days, I mean, knowing what, you know, like today as we're recording this, it's online writing day. So I, yeah, I have three other podcast interviews to do today as we're recording this, but, uh, my overarching focus when I'm not in those interviews is gonna be, okay, what, what, not, not, what do I do next? It's, what a, okay, it's Tuesday. Tuesday is online writing day. Let me move to online writing. Like that, like give your brain that, that give your brain a break, I guess. Right. 
give your brain a break as much as possible. And also for me, like, you know, I get the question a lot. Um, how do you balance everything you have uh, in your life? Right. Do you, you get that question? Oh, and yeah. I say, then here's my answer. Like you ever go to, uh, you have kids, right? Your yep. youngest son is what you said, six years old. Yeah. He's five. Going to be six in July, but yeah. Perfect. You take him to the park, right? Yep. And there's mm-hmm. a seesaw. And what happens when you see a seesaw where two people are on it and it's in perfect equilibrium? What happens? Oh, it's boring. It, nothing, nothing happens. happens. Right? It's like, why are nothing you? They're happens. normally they're normally eating a snack because they don't want to go up and down at that <laughs> right. point. So nothing happens. So my point is this: like, what is the big urgency and desire for balance? Like, uh, rather than go for balance, go for the experience of the highs and the lows. Yeah. Go for passion. Don't go for balance. Well, I, I the term work life balance drives me nuts because I mean I use the analogy like when you don't balance the gears on a car, you shift gears. You go fast you go slow depending on the terrain i i believe work-life harmony is probably what people should be looking for like the highs and the lows and if you remove something from the equation the melody is still there you know it should not you should not the tapestry of your life is i mean if you take something away from it it still should look beautiful and still should be harmonious but when you hear the term balance it's like you know that like you said it's it's very it's that seesaw nothing is happening and 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 to me, I, I, yeah, I love the fact that you mentioned that because work-life balance is such a buzzword that, you know, just like, you know, there's so many of them. Busy, busy being another buzzword that you mentioned off the top. Those ones are, they just drive me up the wall. Yeah, an addiction to busy. Yes. But, but and, and so for me, like, it, over and above balance, what I'm really interested in is being present. So mm-hmm. here right now on this call, I'm totally 100% with you. Can you hear it? Yes, absolutely. And I'm totally here. My computer's not on. My phone's not in my hand. Like there's nothing else. I'm talking to you and I'm waving my hands around <laughs> or I'm engaged, right? <laughs> like that. So be where you are rather than go for balance. Go for presence. Go for engagement. Well, that because that's where the magic That's where you're going to pull the magical moments out of it, right? That's exactly. where – because you, you're paying – you're giving it your focus. You're paying attention. Like that's where your attention is going. That's where your focus is going. I mean, I when I take notes for, and, and people know this. When I'm writing show notes down, I'm using a pen and paper. Like literally, I have a, a notebook and I have a I have a framework. I put like columns so I know where things are. But I'm not looking at the computer. I'm not. I'm talking to you and I'm writing these notes down so I can see. The only thing I'll look at is like the timing and stuff like that. But that's about it. Everything else is all about the conversation because that's where. I mean, we went into this conversation with. I mean, I I I've, I did my research. I looked up stuff, but there's. I mean. Uh, you and I both agreed we're vo- more conversational than you know the back and forth. That that back and forth interview stuff kind of drives me nuts. So the fact that we could have an engaging conversation to me, that's where the value is, and the only way you can have that is by being present. You got to be present. You got to be interested. You got to be curious. And you and and part of it is like whenever I'm in the middle of something, I'm always eager to extract. What can I? What can I learn? What can I contribute? What can I? What can I glean from this experience that will leave me feeling engaged, enlightened, in joy? Uh, you know, like what is it? You know, last night I had a meeting. I'm part of a community, and the meeting itself wasn't so exciting, but the side conversations were a lot of fun. And what I realized is, like, okay, so I'm not necessarily experiencing a productive meeting, but I am producing really great relationships as a result of participating here. So, whatever it is, what can I get from this experience? Kim, this has been awesome. Um, but uh, we're going to let you go. 
Uh, thanks so much for joining. Where can people find you online? Uh, both, you know, the website, obviously, and then social media. Where can they find you? Yeah. So best place to find us is frameofmindcoaching.com. Right there on the website is an assessment that allows you to see what direction is your mind headed in. So it's assess your frame of mind. So take that assessment and you will be able to review it with one of our coaches. I encourage everybody who's listening to do that. And then, yeah, we're on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Kim Addis, Frame of Mind, Inc. Just look for us. Awesome. Kim, thanks so much for joining me. This has been an awesome... You, you mentioned off the top, she said, challenge me with questions. We've, I think there's been some challenging on both sides of the equation today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Big thanks to Kim Addis for joining me this week on the podcast. My hope is to have her back on the show in the future. But if you are a Patreon supporter, you would get the additional content where we talk of boundaries and family and a whole bunch of other stuff, some behind-the-scenes stuff that you just won't hear at on the public podcast. So if you are interested in becoming a Patreon supporter where we have perks lined up, such as you know behind-the-scenes look as what, what I'm cooking up here at Productivityist, I even have some available coaching slots for 30-minute coaching sessions per month. Just head over to patreon.com slash productivityist, pick your pledge amount, and you'll be good to go. Additional content every single week. Now, if you can't do that or don't want to do that, the best way to help people find the show, if you want to support it, is to rate and review the show in your podcast app of choice, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're doing it. That way, more people can find the show. We can make the show even better. John Polster, the producer, and I take all these notes, and we look at it, and we try to make you know the sound better, the uh, editing better. Uh, John does a fantastic job with that. If anything, it's me that needs to get better. I'm, you know, uh, the I don't do a lot of ums and ahs, but they they creep in from time to time. And I've had some feedback about letting the guests uh, speak more and and me listen more. And I while I still fall down on that, every once in a while I'm getting much better at that. So feedback is appreciated, and the way you can give the best feedback is to give a rating and review in iTunes. It'll also help people again discover the podcast. Big thanks to my podcast producer John Polster for putting this show together. Big thanks to all of you for listening. And until next time, I am Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivities Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. 